0: Two peas Two and a, a bongs and a bong. Two peas and a bong. Two peas Two and a plums plums bong. and a bong. Two peas and a bong.
1: all right y'all two peas in the bong in the building again it's your boy dp it's your boy kp and bong of valley also known as bong what's up all right all right so um do y'all remember some of the little games we we would play as kids uh simple stuff like Who can blow the biggest bubble with their bubble gum? And your parents will tell you, don't get that gum on your clothes, on the floor, furniture, or even your hair. And if any of those things happen, guess what? That was your ass. How about I set the scene for, for another type of bubble? You're at an amusement park, and you're having a great time. You've mapped out your plan to ride every ride that day. You get through the first half of the day, and you're on track. You stop and grab something from the food court, and then you're on your way. Then that other bubble I spoke of creeps up on you. Your stomach is bubbling. Yeah, that's right, bubble guts. Now you have to deal with this bubble, but just like the bubble gum, your parents gave you certain rules, rules which you probably tell your own kids today. Don't touch anything. Flush the toilet with your foot. Use a paper towel to push the soap dispenser and push the door with a paper towel if necessary. And some even say no number twos in public restrooms. Most times restrooms at amusement parks are so nasty that you may just decide to handle your business at home. Well, the NBA is dealing with yet another kind of bubble, a bubble that requires the players to follow certain rules in order to remain compliant and be successful. And much like that nasty public restroom scenario, a number of players have chosen to handle their business at home. So I want to get Your thoughts, fellas, on this bubble, the hype behind it, are people making too big of a deal, and do you think this bubble will pop? Because if it does, it can get messy. I have mixed feelings about the bubble, but
0: I feel like the NBA has made a concerted effort to make sure that that they end the season. And... Now it's up to the players because let's be, let's be for real. We know the media. I think they, they limited the number of media that can even be there. I think it's like uh, no more than 20 media members. And then you have uh, like some people from like uh, the different like Turner sports or, or Turner entertainment, which is TNT, ESPN, Disney, you know, those people that, you know, there's a limited number of those type of people that can be in the bubble and they're, isolated from the players so they can only be at the practice facilities at the games and at like these general media areas so it's up to the players to make sure that this nba bubble actually works and it's disheartening because now you know you start hearing about the the hotlines that have been set up to make sure that players are abiding by the rules and everybody is on that. Oh, we ain't snitching. I ain't snitching. We, we, we don't know. Don't nobody snitch. Y'all ain't in the streets. Y'all millionaires. And this shit has a chance to fuck up your season and take money out of your pocket. So why would you jeopardize that to keep it quote unquote real or to show motherfuckers that you're not snitching on your buddy when he doing some dumb shit? Oh, you sneak. You want to sneak a chick in? You want to sneak a broad in or whatever? Like, don't nobody snitch on him. Okay, now if she got corona. She give him Corona. He gives his whole team Corona. They out the bubble. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's the bullshit that people in, in uh, again, put any of these dudes in the street situation right now. They singing like a canary, right? But now they want to tell you like, Hey man, I ain't snitching. You know, I don't know. I, I ain't telling nobody nothing. I ain't calling the hotline. Like that shit is stupid. You're affecting your livelihood. NBA done put a billion dollars behind this NBA bubble, right? They have players in the NFL right now screaming on um, on the NFL, the NFL commissioner, the team owners, asking them why they're not doing things similar to what the NBA has done. So you have the biggest biggest sports league in America basically singing your praises for how you guys are doing it and how you guys are handling things, and you guys want to fuck that shit up? I just don't understand that.
2: So I'm going to jump in and say this. Looking at the schedule of the season so it says the seeding games begin july 30th with the playoffs uh set to tip off august 17th and then basically you know they have playing games the nba finals will begin september 30th and will end no later than october 13th so in in looking at this i don't think that this is going to end well Reason being is NBA players catch cabin fever in Vegas each year. They have a Vegas summer league and it's said that the NBA players after 10 days are ready to lose to get the hell out of Vegas so that they can cut loose. And now you expect them to be in a bubble where their family won't arrive until the end of August. So they have a month to where they have to be confined and they can't sneak women in. And let's be honest, man. Basketball players are accustomed to being around groupies. They can't do this, and they've got to be around men this whole time. That's not going to end well, man. There have been so many cases and so many situations where players didn't abide by rules. Let's take Michael Beasley, for example. The, Michael Beasley, as a rookie, uh, during rookie orientation, it was him... And I'm going to use Mario, I'm going to say allegedly Mario Chalmers because he didn't get caught. And it was another player. They were busted smoking weed during the rookie orientation. Um, And there are just, there are countless incidents of NBA players not following these strict rules and these strict guidelines. And these are very strict because face it, if there's a
1: case of COVID in the bubble, that bubble's going to burst. It's just too risky. Well... Um I mean, players have cited different reasons for uh, either participating and not participating. You know, early on, we were talking about uh, Kyrie Irving's you know position on not continuing forward with the season, and that was due to, um, in large part, just a distraction from what, you know, a lot of players thought was a greater cause. Um, on the heels of, you know, the incident with uh, George Floyd. Um, But you've got players who who have cited, um, you know, just they want to protect their their families like Avery Bradley with his son. Um, I think Willie Colley Stein um, was having a baby with his, uh, you know, his wife or significant other. So it's just, you know, a lot a lot of these players are choosing family over Ending the season, you, you you know, DeAndre Jordan tested positive uh, twice, I believe, um, for for uh, COVID. And he just threw his hands up like he's not finishing the season. Um, I think Dinwiddie on the Nets, he also tested positive for COVID. So there are a number of reasons why people are deciding that they don't want to do it. You even heard DeMar DeRozan express his frustration with the way the whole setup is going on. Uh, I think JJ Redick also had some points of frustration about the way things are going. So, I mean, what, what side of the fence would y'all be on man? Would you, would you want to continue and finish off the season or would you be like, you know what, just call 2020, you know, a wrap and just back to the drawing board for next season. So here, here, here's
0: where, here's where it gets tricky. You have a lot of players on teams where, you know, even if we get into the playoffs, we have no real chance of winning a championship, they are less likely to want to go through with the process. I haven't heard anything crazy coming out of Philadelphia outside of J.R. Smith, who literally just signed talking crazy on day one. <laughs> I haven't heard anything crazy coming out of the Lakers. I haven't heard anything crazy coming up besides. I think Lou will might've said something. I haven't heard anything crazy coming out of the Clippers. Like the Milwaukee hasn't said a thing like the
1: contenders, like the top six probably like four to six teams. You ain't hearing shit coming out of there. What's funny is I was saying I was telling, I don't know if it was you Kevin or maybe maybe I was talking to my brother. I was saying that same thing about that the Lakers will probably be the ones to win because they seem like collectively they want to play the most.
0: Yeah. And that's because LeBron got them all in line. LeBron got them in line like, "Hey, don't fuck up this opportunity." But the team so the kid that got the, the kid that got sent home to um to quarantine was from the Kings. You think the King's making any noise in the playoffs? Nah. You nah. get what I'm saying? Like, they're trying to play just to get in. Do you think he gives a fuck? Like, yeah, I'm about to go and get my Uber Eats order. Like, what? It's um, it's funny, man. It's, it's real funny because I think Jay Williams said it best. Like, y'all doing too much. You guys are tone deaf. They set up a billion dollar bubble for you guys. It is not a stay at the Waldorf, at the Waldorf, right? But you guys are doing better than most right now and you're still making millions. This is to salvage your money. At the end of the day, even if they, you were staying at the um, you know, the sunny side end, this is to salvage your paychecks for 2020 because if you don't play the season out, then it has ramifications on your pay for the rest of the year and your uh the TV money going forward. You guys are trying to salvage this. If you don't understand that, you don't see the bigger picture from any anybody's standpoint. Whether you be on the Kings, whether you be on the uh the Pelicans, like teams that are that may you know that truly may not even stand a chance. You guys are trying to salvage money that you guys are gonna recoup years from now. Your next contract that you sign. So why the fuck wouldn't you just that's what I'm saying? Like I don't understand like the whole, oh, don't snitch on anybody if somebody's doing some shady shit. Like, why are you doing shady shit in the first place?
1: Like y'all being y'all being niggas right now. And uh that player on the Kings was uh Rashawn Holmes. Um, So you got him plus Kylie Stein, who's, you know, expecting his kid. That's two of they're big. So there are you, you could tell they're like, man, fuck this. We ain't we ain't doing shit. We ain't winning. Luke Walton's our coach. We ain't. <laughs>
2: and, and you know what? And, and that's the that's the tricky. That's the whole tricky part of this whole situation is that players players don't necessarily want to play. But yes, you got to play because you got to recoup the money you want to be eligible to get your whole your full paycheck for the full year. And if you don't play, I, what is it? You got to give like 25% back of your paycheck. It, it it's it's some crazy number that you're not able to get. And then you're talking about the TV deal and everything going forward. Yeah, you you you're, you're going to want to play. So you got a lot of people in in tough positions where you have some some people that that barely made the team. If they decide to speak up and say that they don't want to play, is their contract really going to get renewed the following year? Probably not. They won the bubble anyway. So they're expendable. So it's it
1: it it's just it's really a tough position for players to be in. So from a operation, um, operational standpoint, just to run the league mm-hmm. at the Walt Disney Resort is $150 million. That's just to run it. Now, where they're estimating that it'll be a billion dollars lost is, you know, you got to factor in the revenue that comes in from the commercials with the marketing and advertisements and all that stuff. And then the ticket sales. Yeah. You don't have people buying tickets. so. What what do you do? And if this is if this is something that's going to be a new norm, which I think is going to go back to some sort of uh, in-person participation from a fan standpoint, I think they'll let fans back in at some point when that will be. I don't know. But up until that point, what does the NBA do? What is what's your alternative? Are you. Is it pay-per-view on the games? Is the league pass like, you know, uh, is that where you're going to solely put your product league pass? Uh, That's impossible because you have these contracts with with these other, you know, these other networks, like in TV contracts with these networks. Individual teams have TV contracts with networks like this is it's a clusterfuck. Yeah. Right. And what what you can't
0: have is the players making it worse than it has to be. With a league that is literally trying to figure it out on the fly. So there's going to be some hiccups. But as a as a player and a, a quote unquote partner with the league, you have to do your part. And it's just, you know, like even from day one, you hear just some of the players complaining. And it just goes to show the entitlement of the of the, of the athlete in 2020, right? So here's some of their amenities. Here's some of the amenities that they're working with. They can golf. They have fishing. They can get on boats and basically, you know, go boating, uh, bowling. They just brought in some barbers. So they have on-site barbers. Mm -hmm. They have 24-hour concierge service. Okay. So players get three meals dropped off at um, get dropped off in their room per day, and I guess they say they have an array of items to choose from in the bag. In addition to that, teams have meal rooms set up with menus that were developed in cooperation with their own staff and dietitians. Like, look at the look at the lengths that the NBA is going to to try and make it as convenient as possible, right? So, um. You know, like I said, they have room service delivery options you can get and your meals consist of all types of shit. You can get steak. You can get like you can do all kinds of shit. I seen Dame uh, Damien Lillard was having a birthday party in, you know, in the hotel. They had champagne, all kinds of crazy shit like they are taking care of these motherfuckers as best they can. But, you know, it's like because it's not what they're used to. Or, or what, they, what they're what they used to lately, players are complaining. I don't know if you guys, I, I think I might've sent you guys that post that uh, Andre Iguodala, uh what his take was on it, where he said, you know, a lot of us or a majority of us come from lower income backgrounds. Nigga, this ain't new to y'all. You mean to tell me that y'all ain't, like y'all come from a situation where at least until you was like maybe 15, 16, y'all was eating bologna sandwiches. You know what I'm saying? Y'all was eating Lunchables, like bullshit. Now all of a sudden you feel like you have um outgrown, you know, and these are they're still taking care of these guys but they're complaining because they have to get their food in biodegradable plates. They can't get Didn't,
1: didn't J.R. Smith get uh didn't he show like what they got in? He was going yeah, alive. He got in a little bit of trouble for doing was, that? Yeah, he was going live the first day. <laughs> but he was basically, and it was just
0: like a, it was a bunch of snacks that they had given him, like candies right. and cookies and shit. Like what, what do you eat normally, JR, when you're not drinking Hennessy and, and smoking, <laughs> smoking Black and Miles? Like what? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like when you finish drinking and smoking and doing all that shit, are are you? Is it like I have to eat filet when I'm high? Like I don't understand that. <laughs> shit that he was tripping off of. It was just like, bro, you've been here one week and you already come. You literally wasn't even playing and didn't even have to come back. Like you came back and the, the first day, like literally the first day on the boat, this motherfucker
2: tripping. is Adam Silver providing them hoes? Because I mean, everything no.
0: else sounds great. Here's the thing, man. This is the evolution of the of the athlete in 2020, right? I'm in a bubble where it uh, sounds to me that all the employees are in that same bubble. Bro, you an NBA player. Go finesse you one of those uh, Disney employees. You know what I'm saying? Hotel. Go, that's, go. So you're saying
2: knock down a, a hotel employee. Sounds, what I'm saying is. like Kobe, man. Sounds like a situation of Kobe in Colorado.
0: Stop. But no 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 what I'm, I'm saying, saying is what I'm saying is it's not a Kobe situation was an isolated situation. What I'm saying is finesse you somebody in the bubble and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be um a employee. There's media outlets that have people that like you have if you if you a player <laughs> is there is Burke there so LeBron <laughs> could hop on that Listen, but no, my- <laughs> looking, looking sexy as hell right now. <laughs> what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, are you a if you a real player, finesse you a situation where you're gonna be good? If, if, it, if it's that I'm saying if it's that serious to you, if it's that serious that damn man, I can't be out here without getting no pussy for two weeks, three weeks, or whatever it is. Okay, well, go finesse you something, but y'all so spoiled, y'all just used to just throwing money at anything. And that's how you solve it. Now you in a situation where your money don't really get you nowhere. Cause everybody got the same amenities. Go finesse you something. But y'all, that's just the it's just the it's the the psyche of the of the athlete in 2020. And like all they're gonna do, I think, you know, and it, because the funny thing is of all the bitching and complaining you hear about, then you see like players that are posting like cool shit that they're doing, how they, you know, they they hotel is set up really nice. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, damn, like, okay, so if these people can make it can make it happen why is you know why is it that other people are just really finding any reason to complain about the shit it's almost like y'all don't want the shit to work the the shit that takes the cake for me though was jr smith bro you've been on the team for a week you wasn't in the nba for like what like a year and a half now yeah you come back and the, the first weekend you complaining just get this nigga his final check and send him send his ass home like what the fuck, man? That shit is it, 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 it's kind of funny to me, man. I just feel like there's some people that just don't want the shit to succeed, you know, but LeBron, I think he's locked in. Um Kawhi looks like he's locked in.
1: Giannis. Yeah, but like, Kawhi might be, but but Montrez Hero, he just quit. bounced. He just left. He left? Know? Yeah, I think he left the bubble. Like he yeah, I think they said it was for a, um a family matter to deal with a family matter, but um there was something about um you know, somebody followed up on this tweet. Uh, I don't know exactly what he said. And they could be, you know, shit can get misconstrued and stuff like that. So I don't want to start throwing, you know, quotes out there and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I think he left. But the, and that, that was kind of one of the things I was going to say, man. It's the I think it's the complete opposite now like the lakers are gelling when we we had the conversations about the who's the king of la before the episodes before lakers are gelling and they seem like you know a team with camaraderie and all that shit the clippers they just they going for the ride man and some of them want to do it some of them don't it's like i i don't know Kawhi might be locked in but they're gonna need more than just him
2: I think it's a hard time, man, for players across the board. I just think it, it's been such a long layoff to where, and so much has happened to where niggas just, a lot of people just don't want to go back and do it. But it's the pressure of, of that paycheck and knowing that paycheck, and you just don't want to mess yourself up going forward. So you don't really have a choice.
0: So you just ask a question off of what you just said. So do you think that if there was no bubble and they were just returning to regular action after four months off, that they would still be opposed to it because you're saying it's the layoff that's the problem.
2: I think the layoff in everything that has happened has a lot to do with it. Um, yeah. So if it wasn't a bubble, do
1: you think that it would be an issue? I'm I'm thinking of my answer.
2: <laughs> yeah, I still think it'd be an issue.
1: <clears throat> well, then I mean, it's
2: it's 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 I, I I do. It's it's like this. You ever ask somebody to do? You ever get somebody to do something? And you and, and they half ass do it and they got an attitude doing it. And it's like, damn, if you didn't want to do it, just not do it. But they they always find something to complain about and it's never enough. It's like, oh man, this and that's how this it, that's how this is with this bubble. As as you said, Ubang, the NBA is taking care of the players, they're feeding the players, the medical staff is there, they're making it to where they're entertained and there's an array of different things that they can do but niggas are still finding a way to complain and it's because ultimately they don't want to be there and they don't want to resume the season.
1: Right. So is it the bubble it's not, or the layoff? It's it's not the bubble. It's just they don't want to continue the season. So so are you telling me that if arenas were open back up, fans could come back in, they wouldn't want to play? in front of the fans and go through a regular rest of the NBA season when you bring fans back into the mix I would say yeah they do but
2: But, I mean but just because I'm, I'm just saying if they were playing in front of fans I believe that they would be fine because it would be close to normal I do believe that but now it's not normal and it's been a long time And I think that that is a problem that it's, it's you're coming back after a long layoff. And when you're coming back, it's not even the same. It's not even close to being normal. So it's totally different. But
0: my thing is they haven't even suited up yet. Holla at me one weekend to the season restart. You guys are complaining before you even play a game before you even get any game action. You're complaining about the amenities that the, um, that you're getting. Again, you know, they're showing food and it's because you're getting it in a you know, you ever see like those to go place that you get at a, at a nice restaurant. Yeah. And it's almost like um like like a reusable type of like a waxed reusable type of um paper like they're eating out of that. One guy was complaining because he didn't have silverware. That's what I'm saying. Because you guys have to use plastic. Because if you use the silverware, that is more is more dangerous. It's more likely that you can that you can spread COVID. But yeah, they're complaining about the precautions that the NBA is putting in place to make sure that they are safe. Hey, we don't want to use silverware. We want to give you guys reuse, um, like the plastic, you know, utensils. You guys use them once, throw them away. It's out of there. And y'all complaining about that. And the the most fucked up thing is if you go down the street. To where the WNBA is being housed, whoa nigga, they in the slums. They in the they are in the slum. The WNBA, they got real gripes. They got gripes. Like they staying in something that, that I saw some of the pictures from where they at.
2: they had a motel fix, man.
0: <laughs> I'll put it to you like this, man. I'm a working class man, I'm not staying here. Damn. Like fuck that. So when you see how the 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 coddled NBA player is reacting. And then you go and see like real fucked up conditions where the WNBA players are. It makes you just really look at the athlete and say like, really? That's what Jay Williams from ESPN was saying. Like you guys are totally tone deaf in a society right now where people are losing jobs left and right and they're not guaranteed to get them back. They're banking on public assistance, you know, um, beefed up unemployment, um, benefits. You guys are literally making millions and still getting five-star treatment or maybe four-star treatment at the Disney hotel where people, you know what it costs to to go to like one of these hotels? Like if you're taking your family out to Disney in Orlando for a week and you maybe have a family of four, you're probably looking to spend like 10 grand. Yeah, Like you hear what I'm saying? Like you got to save up for a year to go stay in these hotels that y'all bitching about. Like, are you serious Right. right now? So, you know, it just, it just comes off as so tone deaf. And that's why I'm glad that you know one of the people that you haven't really heard too much from is LeBron. But I'm pretty sure LeBron has been taken care of, though. You know, what I'm saying you hear Austin Rivers, uh, from, you
2: know, <laughs> oh the fake Austin, Austin. Rivers that was, uh, that was a that
1: was that was Austin Rivers saying that uh, y'all know LeBron ain't staying where we at. Yeah, like you'll never see LeBron
0: walking out here amongst the people. Like you know, LeBron got his got his own wing in the uh in the, in the hotel. You know, but even LeBron had to make concessions. LeBron had to come without his, without a security detail, without his, um, I don't know why he would need a security detail in the in a, there's no fans, it's just NBA players, but a lot of his team couldn't come because had he brought his team along, uh, the Lakers would have had to have left some of their team behind. So LeBron came as he was, you know what I'm saying? And that's like the, you know, the face of the NBA. Um, I find it, I find it funny because um, Warren Buffett, one of the richest men in the world, that motherfucker still eats at McDonald's, man. He still eats breakfast sandwiches from McDonald's. He says he likes them and they're always on sale. So like this is a billionaire that lives like below his means because he says my kids came from money because obviously he has money. But he said I didn't come from money. So I still walk around and I still live like the person that didn't come from money. And a lot of these NBA dudes could take you know what I'm saying could take a cue from him because again, like Iguodala said, outside of some of these guys like maybe like a Steph Curry or a Austin Rivers who came from NBA money, a lot of y'all dudes came from the from the slums, from the streets. Montrez, come on, bro, really, Montrez, you ain't come from money. You complained about the food on day one. He said, "Look at this chicken. This is bullshit. I can't eat this." I guarantee you, you ate worse in your lifetime. You know what I'm saying, but. You still complaining, but a billionaire still goes to McDonald's and still lives below his means, even though he he would he'll never have to he should, he would never have to do it in his life. He's still willing to do that shit. And I think it's a, even a, like on a bigger picture on a like a bigger picture look like how the black athlete ends up going broke after their career is over. You know what I mean? Like, nah, fuck that. I'm too good for this shit now. I live an extravagant lifestyle because I make enough money to afford it. Montrez
2: was like, "Listen, man, I I have ate nasties. I have eight bologna and cheese. But whenever I had chicken, they didn't fuck up my chicken. <laughs> and this chicken is fucked up. And I ain't eat this. <laughs> I ain't eating this mad
1: chicken. That shit was a good break. Oh man. <laughs> hey, I wanna I wanna backtrack a little bit, man. Um, <clears throat> when you brought up the WNBA, so they they're playing at the IMG Sports Academy." So versus, you know, the NBA who's playing at the uh, Walt Disney Resort. So, I mean, there's just there's always been this just glaring, you know, disparity between the two leagues. And, you know, a lot of people have different reasons that they throw out there or whatever. whatever. Um, but, Ubang, it sounds like to me you're saying that they have a legitimate gripe. The WNBA has a legitimate gripe. Oh, for sure. For sure. Even when you talk about. Now, some of the
0: concessions so like um what's what's the what's the chick's name she was a uh, mvp over there elena della dela dela delavadova is that her name yeah della no Badova. man like oh, the, uh, elena about- deladon <laughs> <laughs> oh man. this nigga Kevin had you out here <laughs> sounding crazy I'm talking about delhi talking about Delhi. no man <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Elena Deladon, <Yeah>. nigga.
0: <laughs> oh man This nigga was Talking about Deli <laughs> <jelly. Nah, laughs> What about that nigga man? Deladon, so, man Deladon Yeah
1: it's Deladon man
0: <laughs> Oh man Okay so Elena Deladon She has Lyme disease and she says that she has to take 64 pills a day, right? And the WNBA said, <laughs> I'm sorry. But at her, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Hold on. Oh, no. no, because it's laughable. It is. It's laughable. I'm laughing. I am laughing. I am laughing because it's fucking laughable. The WNBA said that with Lyme disease and the fact that you have to take 64 pills a day, that does not constitute you um, as a, as a high-risk player. Either you play and risk getting COVID, or you don't get your paycheck, which I think she makes like a couple hundred thousand a year. What type of shit is that? That's crazy. When you have like, if you if you talk about NBA players, someone got like a crazy... Like crazy asthma, and they're making a couple million a year. They can probably get a waiver, you know, to avoid having to play and still get their full salary guaranteed. This lady, who was one of the faces of the WNBA and is only making, I think it was like 100, uh, like, like either 150 or 200,000 a year. They told her that Lyme disease and having to take 64 pills a day did not qualify her as someone that's high risk. What? That is laughable. What kind of shit is that? What kind of league are y'all running over there, man?
2: That is laughable.
0: So so what what would it take? <laughs> 65 pills. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, like, oh it is it is truly, it is truly a shame. It is truly an embarrassment. And then what I'm saying is then to go back to the NBA guys and they're complaining when The WNBA chicks would kill for half of the amenities over here in in the NBA. And it, it just speaks to the culture and why a lot of the old school NBA guys, a lot of the old school athletes in general, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, they always complain about how the new generation of athletes is so spoiled. Remember, like, you know, back in the day, you know, you could be, and this is before obviously before our time, but you could be on a flight and motherfucking an uh, NBA athlete is sitting next to you on your flight. Like they was yeah, they wasn't flying private. Like, nah, man, you gonna catch a you're gonna catch a flight, we're gonna get six people on this flight, ten people on this flight. You could be sitting next to your favorite NBA athlete or your favorite NFL athlete, you know what I'm saying? Just catching the catching the flight from LA to Chicago. Um, so you know, I, I just I, I just hope that I, because it seemed like there was a lot of bullshit and a lot of talk going on in the beginning when they first got to the bubble. But I think since then, it's kind of quieted down a little bit. I don't know if maybe, you know, some of the um, some of the elder statesmen within the league reached out to some of these guys and said, like, hey, man, it's not a good look for us to be out here talking, talking bad about the product. And, you know, and basically thumbing our nose in the, you know, Joe Public's face. When we're getting all these, you know, all they're, they're catering to us hand and foot. And, you know, we're still finding reasons to complain. I'll say this. I think it's real funny. The NBA this season has hitched its wagon to Zion Williamson. And that shit keeps kicking them square in the ass, bro. They put the Pelicans to start the year when this is before pre-COVID. They put the Pelicans on probably the Pelicans probably have like 40 national games this their season. Agreement. They are on there and and Zion came right out the shoot, like, yeah, man, I'm gonna miss like (laughs) I'ma miss like three months. (laughs) Miss the first first twenty-five. Hey, (laughs) right out the shoot, and then the team is gonna be extra careful with me. So, like when I do come back, I'm only giving y'all like you know 13, 14 minutes. And no back to backs and no back to backs. Then fast forward to the bubble, the NBA expanded this shit strictly to get zion a chance to get into the playoffs and this motherfucker two weeks before the shit about to start leaves the bubble to go home for a family emergency like the nba's got to be like are you fucking serious because i think if it wasn't for zion and the fact that the nba has hitched his wagon to zion and zion is a superstar and when he's on the court he's electric and i think um the connection between him and lonzo ball um the fact they have brandon ingram um, they're gonna make for good basketball if Zion is out there. I think, mm-hmm. I think that if Zion would have played a full season, they would be squ- like probably fourth, fifth, sixth seed right now. That's the same thing Josh Hart said. Yeah. So it's he has a he is a superstar, but it's like damn, like every time the NBA makes concessions for this dude, that's just not fucking working out. <laughs> just think about it. If they're not trying to get, if they're not trying to get Zion into the playoffs, they just Say, okay, we already have our eight right now. One through eight right now on each side. Let's put them in there. We're going straight to the playoffs. Yeah, didn't even do the East and West. The Pelicans were like a 12 seed. I think the East had one team. So like the ninth seed right. got a champion. And that, that might be Washington if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, yeah. But they didn't split it up. Like here, two extra from the East, two extra from the West. Hell nah. No. So yeah, to your point. And then on top of that, the
0: first game the first game when the bubble returns, the first televised game, is the Pelicans versus the Jazz. Like they literally are like Zion. This is your world. We want you to be the center of the NBA, and this motherfucker keeps saying like, eh, "Nah, not really." <laughs> oh shit! And, and then again, I'm. Let me backtrack and say, I'm not taking lightly, whatever family issue he may have, you know, whatever family issue he may be having or dealing with or whatever. And I think they have, um, they set it up so that when you, let's say somebody has to leave the bubble. If you're getting tested every single day that you're out of the bubble, right? So you're doing, I think it's like two tests a day, every day, as long as you're getting tested every day, when you come back to the bubble, you only have to quarantine for four days. And I would assume that the Pelicans and the NBA and everybody, you know, that's behind whatever this family emergency is, is on board with Zion. You are getting tested every day. And, you know, when you come back, it's going to be a four day quarantine and we're going to try and set it up to that. That first game, you're on the court like it's a fucked up situation. If your first game when you have the Pelicans on the court, which they have an outside chance of even getting into the playoffs. Zion's not on the court because then it just it takes the steam out of all the other Pelicans players. I think it, so. There's a so what happens is if the let's say like eighth and ninth seed are super close um, at the end of this at the end of these eight games, they would have a one I think it's like a one game play in game to decide who gets into the um, who gets into the tournament. I think it says it's a round robin uh, play in tournament to determine the right to advance
2: to the playoffs. Under that scenario, the eighth-seeded team would need to be defeated twice to lose their right to advance, but it it doesn't. Right. If
0: the ninth seed is more than four games behind the eighth seed, the eighth seed earns the playoff spot. If the ninth seed is four or fewer games behind, then the eighth and ninth seed will enter a play-in tournament that is double elimination for the eighth seed. So – they're, um, I think they're three and a half games back, but they're in the 12th seed. So they have to come in. They have to work their way into the ninth seed right now it's Memphis is a, is the eighth seed Portland. I believe is the, um, is the ninth seed it's again, they're doing everything they can to get this boy Zion into the playoffs and they want to give him TV time because he's a superstar, but it just seems like it's not working out. And I think they'd have just been better off just letting Zion just sit out the rest of the season, bring your one through eight on on the east and on the west, and then just play. Part of this uh, with the players, uh, I, I,
2: I won't say rebelling. Yeah, I will say it. I'll say rebelling against management and the owners. I actually find this a little amusing because so many times, well, you know, you've heard the the, the scenario where the lady told LeBron, shut up and dribble. Um and then in just different situations where they don't want players to have a voice. With again, I'm looking at the bigger picture with everything going on. I want the P I want the players to have a voice. Let these motherfuckers start complaining. Let ownership get upset. Let the league dismantle. Let them start their own league. I'd like to see all of those things. And I think that this is just I think that this could be the tip of the iceberg. So the more they're complaining, um, the more management is getting mad, the more players will get cut, players that have some good years
1: left, and people could rally around another cause and create a league. But see, that's the thing, though. Um, if that was going to happen, it would have happened. Like this is the – you guys have talked about the perfect storm in a couple different episodes. Like this would be the time to do it, and, and they haven't. So, I mean, they ain't going to do it. Like, you know, you'll have cats like David West who will push, you know, uh, alternative leagues and stuff like that. But nobody's really like the big guns. They're not getting behind it. And You know, this would have been the time to do that. You know what I'm saying? But, again. Here's here's another funny thing. you You can't take some of these players
0: serious. So remember, they had a call with a lot of the NBA stars on the on the phone call. James Harden was the only one that wasn't there. You go back to him and Chris Paul's relationship. Chris Paul's the Players Association president. Him and James Harden's relationship kind of ended rocky when uh, Chris Harden got traded to Oklahoma City. Chris Paul said it. What did I say, Chris Harden. I'm sorry. When Chris Paul-
1: <laughs> we created another player. We what did we have in the beginning? Elena Deladova and now Chris Harden.
0: Right. So where where Chris Paul got traded uh, to Oklahoma City, James Harden said, I don't feel safe amid the COVID and the coronavirus. And I don't know if I'm coming back and this and the third. Well, it's been reported that James Harden potentially contracted coronavirus and he was having multiple parties at his home in Arizona. So when you come out of one side of your mouth saying that you don't feel safe, you don't feel comfortable coming back because of the risk, and you don't want to put your family members at risk, and this, that, and the third, and then we find out that oh, you partying with the chicks with no care in the world, then I would lose, like everything you say loses value, and that is the NBA player right now. Ninety percent of these dudes, and I can it, it, that that number could be even higher than ninety percent, are okay being employees. Of the NBA. They don't want to start their own league. They don't want to forego the money that they would have to leave on the table to start their own league. So I don't give a fuck how bad it gets. NBA players will play because they want the money. It's about the money. They're bitching right now because they have the platform. That's the only reason they're bitching. If you take the platform away from them, if we take social media away from the NBA players right now, they'll be in the bubble practicing and getting ready. To go out there and play in front of empty
1: gyms. Y'all do open runs every summer. This is about to be a USA basketball scrimmage type setting. That's exactly what this is gonna be. USA what? basketball, high, high uh intensity type scrimmages. Well, I was gonna say it 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 takes me back when when
2: you know the whole layout came about. The layout. I about the layout of uh this Players able to, once they play, they can watch opposing teams play and they're hanging out with opposing team members. AAU
1: basketball.
2: Exactly. That's exactly what I thought about. AAU basketball, youth basketball. And a lot of these dudes have played against each other on the circuit from when they were young. So to some degree, it's almost like a reunion. But you mentioned James Harden and I wanted to touch on him a little bit because he wore that... Pause. Yeah, pause. I wanted to uh, touch on the topic <laughs> a little bit about him with the uh, with the with the face mask that he was wearing and him wearing that that blue lives matters mask on his face. And I know we kind of we ubang we exchanged messages off air about it. And uh, yeah, I just I thought he was flagrant for that man. And you know he I know James Harden said. He didn't know what it was, that he thought that the the face mask looked nice and it covered his beard. But come on, man, you're not aware of what you're putting on your face. I don't care how stylish he may have thought it looked. You always have to be aware of what you are putting on yourself, what you're wearing, because whatever it is you're wearing, you're saying unconsciously that you're you're supporting that movement, whatever it is. So the fact that he wore that is saying that he is supporting the Blue Lives Matter movement. Uh, again,
0: uh, as Deshaun Jackson about being aware of things that you support or inadvert- inadvertently support without knowing the background or the meaning of it, and I guarantee you he'll tell you something different because Deshaun Jackson from the Philadelphia Eagles basically retweeted something that he himself attributed to Adolf Hitler because somebody else attributed it to Adolf Hitler. Right. And people came out and initially supported what he was saying and said that Deshaun Jackson is smarter than we think and he's super woke and this, that, and the third. Then come to find out, uh, Hitler never said that. Mm -hmm. Motherfuckers do shit and put them put their name behind shit every day without knowing exactly what it means. When I saw the fucking face mask, you could, he could be wearing it and I would not have known what the fuck it meant. If somebody didn't point out to me what it meant, like I'm, I wouldn't have known. And I think I don't even, I still don't even, I said, I guess they said that there's a line on there that, um, insinuates, or I guess that represents blue lives matter, but it just looks like a, a uh, American flag, but it's all bl- like different shades of blue with an yeah. American flag on there, and again, if, if somebody walks up on me with that shit on their face, I don't think anything of it, because I don't know what it means, and I don't care, somebody, Trey Songz, um, the singer, brought attention to it, and then it just blew up, like had Trey Songz said nothing about it, I don't think anybody would have said anything about it, but he brought attention to it, And, you know, for whatever reason, I thought that him and James Harden were actually pretty cool at one point in time, but he brought attention to it and then it kind of just blew up. So what I'm saying is, and there's been, there have been other people that have come to James Harden's defense, like, yo, bro, don't know what it means. He didn't know what it means. Like he's not, you know, that's not his MO. But again, it speaks to the culture that we live in. It speaks to the, the athlete, the, the American sports athlete, you know, in 2020, and just having you know just being able to i think social media gosh for everything is good for man is you know shit is fucked up too like there's you can't hide from and I don't, this is not even our topic we're not even talking about social media right now but as you can see especially right now where motherfuckers have time on their hands and nobody's working like you know people are digging up tweets and posts from 2011 2010 2009 on people it's we, we this a decade later and you can still as a famous person as an athlete as a celebrity you can still go down based off some shit that happened you know 9 10 11 years ago just based off of the fact that social media posted that shit and now it's on there for everybody to for everybody to see for you know forever shout out to kevin hart <laughs> shit happened to him on twitter right um, you remember when dave Schell spoke on that shit yeah Dave Chappelle spoke when I said on like um you know one of his uh, newer one of his newer standups where he's like no matter what you guys are gonna try and drag us down for something that something that we do and you have to let li- you literally have to fall into a category where you have a brand that you've built and you have a loyal fan base to where nothing that comes out will affect you because your fan base will be unbothered. But if you're like on the if you're in like that top two three four percentile where, you know, like you're one of the biggest faces in the world and everybody knows who you are and everybody, you know, um, supports whatever brand of entertainment you're about and anything, anything can derail your career. Any, just one, one fucking post from a 10, from 10 years ago, 12, 15 years ago can derail your career that quickly. And that's, you know, that's a fucked up society to live in, man. It makes me never want to be
1: famous. You know, I want the money yeah speaking of the money speaking of the money um y'all did mention something about salaries uh earlier um and kevin i think you were kind of uh on the side of disgruntled nba players yeah but they're retaining 600 million dollars collectively in salaries so they're you know they're still getting paid um you can't be, uh, you know paid and not be happy No, no, this is true. This is true. But this is that uh, I'm glad you said that when you're when you're looking at the brighter side of things, there's stuff that you can do, you know, to kind of sway the situation into something greater. It may not be starting your league, which we already addressed, starting your own league. They're not doing that. But you have uh, Drew Holiday of the Pelicans, him and his wife, Lauren. He's donating his uh, salary. Yeah. For this, for this uh, you know, the salary he's gonna his NBA bubble salary to a greater cause. Him and his wife are, you know, still fighting the fight for uh social justice for black folks. I mean, things like that, those are hidden gems that get overlooked when you know you're going through all of this complaining about some chicken and all of this other kind of stuff. You know, there's there's ways to look at stuff and make bigger moves that go beyond the game and that's one of
2: them yeah
1: dwight howard also is doing it and so is patrick mills and here's the funny thing
0: if you ask that 90 percent right 90 percent that would rather be a worker they're saying that hey man by not playing and not collecting these checks we're taking away money from a black person like that's their hey pay me my money that's my contribution to black lives matter is that you're going to help my family you know, stay out of, stay out of the poorhouse. Like these is real motherfuckers. Like motherfuckers really think that that's like part of the movement. Like, Hey, by paying me, I continue to continue my family's legacy. And that's going to, you know, that's part of the black lives matter movement. (laughs) Like that's, but that's the reason why that's the reason why you can never get your own league. You don't have And I wish that back when the star athletes were bold enough to stand up in the 60s, that would have been the time for athletes, NFL athletes, NBA athletes to branch off and do their own, their own thing. And, you know, now in 2020, you would have been reaping the benefits of, you know, black owned leagues, but the athlete today, I'll say it. I love LeBron James off the court, everything that he does off the court. But at the end of the day, it's still guided by publicists and he's paying millions of dollars to people that, you know, tell him what he can and can't say. And, you know, if he can take a stand on this and what he should say in regards to it, you know, he might put the words together at the end of the day on his own. But everything he's everything that he there's nothing LeBron James does that's not scripted when he came out with that shit. Um, after Kobe died and he was like, you know what? They gave me this thing to read off the paper, but fuck that. I'm about to just say it off the top of the head. That was not unplanned. He knew through a, you know, through somebody that probably set that shit up three days ago, like LeBron, when you come out, you know, it'd be really nice. If you have this piece of paper that they gave you to write off that they gave you to speak off of and you just crumple that shit up, throw a curse word in there. So it seems like super organic and natural, and, you know, and then just start talking off the top of the dome. Like, bro, we... Mm. I don't buy any of that shit, you know what I'm saying? But back in the day, when before athletes were paid like that and before they were like the center of the universe, it was organic. So you had Kareem, you had Jim Brown, you had uh, Muhammad Ali, these people that really, Bill uh, Bill Russell, Mm -hmm. these people that really did take a stand and would have been able to do some shit like that. But, you know, again, today you talk about HBCUs and the fact that they can't get a five-star athlete to come to their school, but the reason the HBCUs were formed was because predominantly white institutions didn't even want us. <clears throat> right. Somehow, they finessed us. Right. <clears throat> they gave us a bag and finessed us and said, you know what? Before, we didn't want you guys, but now, not only do we want you guys, but we will pay you guys under the table to make sure that you can come here. We'll make sure that your mom and your dad are taken care of, and we'll get you out of the ghetto to make sure That you come to our institution because you as an athlete,
1: you know, you bring value to our institution. So uh, you mentioned LeBron following the script. Um, What do y'all think about this script that the NBA is writing? Is this eventually going to be something that succeeds in y'all's opinions or will it fail? And if it does fail, what does that mean for other sports?
2: I think it has to succeed. I said earlier that I I believe it's a bad idea, that I believe it's going to fail. But with all the money that the NBA is putting in, it's going to succeed. It has to succeed um, because it's just moving forward. You need this to succeed. You have to show that you can take precautions in the time of a pandemic and have it under control to sustain your league and sustain the income for players and owners. I think that when it's all said and done, LeBron's going to get the MVP. The Lakers are going to win the championship. You're going to look back on it 20 years from now, and you're going to forget the four-month layoff and everything that happened. It's just going to continue to prosper. Why That's- did you
0: think it was going to – you said you, you, you thought it would fail. Yeah, yeah.
2: Would- e- Earlier in my comments, I said I, I believe that it's – I said I believe that the bubble's a bad idea with all the rules, all the restrictions, and the way that the players feel. I believe that I believe the players are going to F up, but the NBA is going to clean it up and they're going to get a lot of people out of there to continue to make sure that the season is a success.
0: That's that's what I believe personally. Right. So then I believe it's going to succeed as well, because I believe that the NBA has the buy in from the best athletes, the top athletes are going to make sure... Listen, this is a partnership. There's a reason that Chris Paul signed a deal that he shouldn't have signed for like 200 and... He signed some crazy, ridiculous deal. It was like a like with the Rockets for like four or five years, $200 million. Mm. Chris Paul's on the back end of his career. And that's why he's not... He didn't ask for a trade from Oklahoma City. No, I'm going to play out this... this. I'm going to play out this contract. I don't need a trade. I'll play here in Oklahoma City, but y'all going to pay me my $40 million. Right. And that's the partnership that the NBA has with their tenured players, their veteran players. So if you have that partnership and you have that understanding, you have that agreement, you have buy in from your top athletes. Again, this kid from the from the Sacramento Kings, who is he? <laughs> no, seriously, like, I don't so I I've never know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of this dude. So you're going to hear
2: Montreal. Yeah.
1: player. But I, yeah, I get your point.
0: He played with Philly for a little while. Oh yeah, yeah, all that. That's good. But (laughs) but I get your point. Montrez Harold, he thinks he's bigger than who he is. You're on a good team. You're on a really good team. And um there was there were rumors that he tried to sneak in an Instagram model like a couple of days into the bubble. Like and you just he thinks he's bigger than who he is. You get what I'm saying? So he's willing to risk it. But the top players, they've been buttoned up. You haven't heard anything. You haven't heard anything from any of the top players because they have an understanding from the league. We can fill the bottom half of any roster if we if we ultimately have to. We can't have LeBron James going home because he got COVID. We can't have uh Joel and B going home. Did you see how Joel Embiid even came to the fucking to the bubble? This motherfucker was in a hazmat suit. <laughs> <laughs> he was in a custom hazmat suit that you know was fitted for his 610 or 611 frame like these dudes the top of the the food chain they're gonna make sure that the shit succeeds and there's a reason why you have the nfl and all the stars in the nfl crying to the nfl like why is it that the nba hasn't figured out but
1: we can't figure it out they want what the nba has right so that's kind of where i was getting at so i said well with the fail you do but both you guys think it it will succeed well kevin you you're saying you think it'll succeed now yeah so what will that do for the other sports is this paving the way for them to set up a, a plan in place to deal with this uh what people keep throwing out as a new norm as the new norm is the nba basically giving the blueprint for this shit everybody's watching the nba to see how it all unfolds
2: um, but the 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 problem with the NFL, the NFL is a little bit different. Their players' association is a joke, so they don't have they just don't have the backing. Whereas the NBA's player association, they're they're just the NBA is just a little bit more structured. But I do believe that everybody's watching the NBA closely, and the things that they do well, they're gonna implement them. And where the NBA is failing, they're gonna change those things. But it's giving everybody the okay
0: to move forward um i think it's it's harder it will be harder for the nfl to implement what the nba is doing just because they have so much the rosters are so much bigger like it's a um, 53 man right a 53 man roster a 48 man game day roster coaches assistants trainers um you know like all like it's how many people per team do you have to get on there with the NBA? You know, they're, you know, a roster is so small with the NBA, with an NBA team that it's easier to try and build a bubble. Can you imagine the NFL bubble? Like y'all would need a full city. Like y'all would need like a, to take over like a, you know, what UFC is doing with the, with the fight Island. Mm-hmm. Where y'all need to go to where it's like y'all motherfuckers is self contained. You know, I, I, what I like about the NBA thing is if everybody just plays their position And maybe, you know, maybe the NBA should have done some underhanded shit where and, you know, and maybe they have and we just don't know it where they got like some, you know, like the NBA groupies that's like illegally there, you know, like or unofficial, sorry, not illegally, but unofficially there where, you know, bring everything that these guys need into the bubble, bring women, bring, you know, you got booze in there, bring weed, bring all everything that they could. Any rights or anything that these dudes could potentially be wanting outside of it, bring that shit there. And I'm pretty sure that there's a possibility that, you know, uh, the underbelly of the NBA has done that. And we just don't know it because it just, it, it wouldn't sound right to the public, yeah. but bring everything there because then you can successfully have the bubble because nobody's leaving. And if everybody is there, everybody that's there test for COVID every day, and you know that you don't have it. It makes it that much easier to have a successful season.
2: But here's the thing, Ubong: It doesn't it, it doesn't even matter because players are disgruntled. So you can have all the holes you want. You can have all the weed you want, all the liquor you want. They're still going to complain, and they're still going to say that they want to do something else that the NBA hasn't provided for them.
0: But what, what are
2: they disgruntled about? I think it's a series of things. Uh, as I said, I think it's... The long layoff and then coming back to playing despite it being the long layoff um I said not playing in front of fans some of them are disgruntled about that and then you know you get accustomed to being around your family for four months and now you're uprooted and you're
0: not around your family anymore hard for them to say goodbye so the NBA tells you okay if ninety percent of our players are disgruntled because of Everything you just said, let's just scrap the season, leave the money on the table. And that's the that's the hard part. Hold on. So they're not that disgruntled. They don't want to leave that money. Okay. so that means that you're not disgruntled because the NBA has honestly before the before we even got the bubble, the NBA gave everybody the option to stay at home. Avery, Avery, um, Avery Bradley stayed at home. All the other motherfuckers that was talking that talk, Lou Williams, where is he at?
1: in that bubble in the bubble Dwight Howard was he was on at? the fence now he in the bubble <laughs> Dwight Howard where is he at in that bubble Remember I said that shit a while ago I said watch all that talking when this shit start Dwight Howard going to be out there playing Yeah Dwight Howard Lou Williams James Harden uh Victor
0: Oladipo is is injured and they told him because you're he's not even injured he came back from um from surgery and they cleared him to play, and he said, "Like, well, I don't want um, to risk it because I don't want to risk it because I don't, you know, I've been off for so long. I don't want to re-injure myself." They said, "That's cool, but guess what? If you don't play, you can't get your, the rest of your salary." Victor Oladipo said, "Man, I've been practicing with the guys, and it feels so good out here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I saw I'm, that. I'm thinking <laughs> about coming back now. Oh, Victor, all of a sudden, you feel great with, with a couple of practices." there's only one player that stood down. So if you stretch that out and just give us the percentage, I don't know how many guys spoke up. Let's say 100 guys spoke up. One guy, 1%. 1% and probably based on the number of people that spoke up, less than 1% was willing to actually forego the rest of his paycheck and sit out. And the rest yeah, of Yeah, it's
1: n- almost like saying, it's almost like saying what sounds good. Exactly. You and know the,
0: what I mean? And,
1: and, and the rest of the niggas that was
0: talking tough with him, Left his ass out there solo. There's a lot of niggas talking tough. It was a lot of niggas talking tough. We ain't coming back. We not ready to come back. Let Kyrie gas these motherfuckers up. Kyrie ain't coming back regardless. He injured and he gonna get his money. But y'all let Kyrie gas you up, say, we about to start our own league. We about to do this and that. And niggas was like, yeah, 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 yeah. One nigga, Avery Bradley, said, fuck that. I'm gonna stand on this shit. The rest of you niggas fell in line. So shut the fuck up when it comes to all that bullshit about starting our own league, and I'm disgruntled, and I don't want to do this shit for the white man and for the master and all that. No, you will. You will bow down for the check. That all that. that remember, you can <clears throat> in multiple episodes that I talk about. Niggas say, "Oh man, I ain't selling my soul for this. I ain't doing this, and I ain't doing that." Okay, when the money's on the line, then talk to me. Money's on the line. Y'all niggas can sit out the rest of the season to make a stand. I'm talking about from the top of the food chain, LeBron James. You got the biggest voice, the biggest, loudest voice in the NBA. If you stand out and say, you know what, I'm not playing the rest of the season, and you can afford to do it, niggas might follow. But when the, when the, when the rubber hits the road, y'all niggas is in love with that money. But well, LeBron was the first one
2: to say the NBA is going to resume and that the NBA season
0: was not going to stop and be cut short. You know why, though? Because of all LeBron's partnerships. I told you LeBron doesn't speak for himself. He makes us believe he speaks for himself. He has a team of motherfuckers that get paid millions, dollars, millions of dollars a year to craft every statement, to craft every idea that we think LeBron comes out with. They do it. So LeBron, it was not his choice. Nike says we need you to come out here and do this. We need you, you know, whoever else he's in bed with. All these people are saying, Hey, LeBron, we need you to do X, Y, and Z. You knew good and motherfucking well LeBron wasn't gonna sit out. LeBron been pretty hushed on this on a lot of this shit, you know. This while this whole while a lot of this shit's been playing out, LeBron ain't really said too much of anything. You know what I'm saying? And, and and a lot of that shit is crafted. His representatives tell him, like, hey man, a lot of these NBA guys are talking, you know, speaking up against you. Just let it die down. Don't say shit. Come on, man. It's it's motherfuckers wanna like it's just. I hate to hear that shit, man. Motherfuckers be talking real tough. And then when it's time to go, Avery Bradley was the only motherfucker that stood on his shit. He was the only nigga that stood on his shit. LeBron James, they talking about uh, putting uh, things on the back of their jerseys and statements and shit on the back of their jerseys. You wouldn't do it because the NBA didn't consult you about it. How narcissistic is that? Hmm. I want my input. And if uh, I'll give you a couple things that we can put back there. And if y'all niggas, you know, if y'all want to use that shit, then just put my name on the back of my shit. I've, and then he's, he said that he's done enough. He has done enough that he doesn't feel that he needs, you know, like that. Putting and putting something on the back of a jersey is going to outdo like the stuff that he has done, you know, to speak on social media social justice. And he, he gave us some bullshit. He gave us some bullshit. And But the real reason why you wasn't with it is because the NBA didn't come to you and your team of Rich Paul, Maverick Carter, and the other fat dude um, and get y'all input first. What's the nigga name? Randy. Randy something. You know, the fat nigga that's really like his assistant because he ain't got no real <laughs> fat man. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Randy. The fat dude that works with LeBron, man, is Randy Mims. Thank you. <laughs> oh no, that nigga's name is Randy, man. But y'all niggas is suckers, man. Y'all niggas is suckers, but y'all stay telling the nigga what y'all woulda did. You know what I'm saying? What 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 what, what Jada Kids say? I call y'all the woulda kids. Never there when it jumps off, but always talking about what y'all woulda did. That was the, that was a Jada kiss line. When the shit hits the fan, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, niggas tell you what they woulda did, but when they in that situation, I didn't do shit. I I, I respect Avery Bradley, and niggas left that nigga out to dry, man
1: what's up y'all don't forget to follow us on ig twitter and facebook at two peas and a bong that is the number two w-o-p-e-e-z-a-n-d-a-b-o-n-g two peas and a bong that's our handle on ig twitter and facebook y'all thanks for rocking with us we'll catch y'all on the next one